Hello everyone and welcome to a special episode of Orbital, the Gadget 360 podcast. I say special episode because today we are going to talk about something we love doing, that is gaming. And the topic is about PlayStation 3. Now you might wonder why we are talking about an old console, so let me just give you a little bit of a background on this. We all, you know, if you consider gaming, like building a gaming rig is not exactly cheap. So if you go for a PC, you're looking at an investment of at least 40 to 50,000 rupees to have a decent enough machine that can play some of the latest games at, at high settings. Um, and if you look at the console world, a PlayStation 4 and an Xbox One might not really cost too much more than a PS3, but it's still an investment of uh, 30 to 35,000. Plus, each game that you buy will cost you somewhere between 2,500 and 4,000 rupees. So overall, you're looking at a really expensive hobby. But you know, now we are in the situation where we have this one console, which is available for really cheap, and games on that console are also available for relatively low prices. So we thought, why not talk about this? So for this episode, we have, as you might expect, our gaming expert Rishi. Hey guys. And somebody who's joined us recently, but who's a passionate gamer, is Gagan. Hi. So Rishi, do you want to talk about the PlayStation 3 and you know, like why? Uh, I mean, tell us about the console, its history, and what's the current price. So, uh, the PlayStation 3 was, I think, revealed in e at E3 in, I think, 2005 or 2006. A little foggy on exactly when. But it also resulted in a lot of memes because the first thing Sony talked about was this game called Genji Day of the Blade. And it had, and, and the guy who was presenting it on screen kept shouting, giant enemy crab. <laughs> which ended up becoming a meme in itself. <laughs> then they showed off another game, which is Ridge Racer. and the way they pre pre presented Ridge Racer again became a meme in itself. Which was good because when finally people knew how much it cost, you were spending 599 US dollars and Sony so nicely told everyone to get a second job if you want a PlayStation 3. <laughs> Thankfully, so let's just say it was quite a disaster when it launched and it kind of picked up over the years. It became a console of choice. The Blu-ray player definitely outlasted the Xbox 360's like DVD drive. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, like, it's still kind of relevant today because of the Blu-ray player and because you don't have to keep swapping discs on your console like you have to do in probably every other old generation console. So, yeah, I guess that's what make it, makes it relevant. But besides that, I'm not too convinced about how relevant it is really for a gamer today. Uh, I kind of disagree, Gagan, because uh, we're in a situation where the PS3 uh, is available for, for under 15,000 bucks, the 12 GB version. But at, and uh, I mean 15,000, under 15 if you know where to look. But the fact of the matter is, if you look at your other options for gaming, what, what else can you buy? I mean, as Pranay rightly said, you're spending, uh, you're going to be spending in excess of 45 to 50,000 on a PC. You're spending around 30 for a PS4. So in that under 20K range, there has to be something, right? But yeah, the thing is that like you buy that 45, 50,000 PC, huh. it's going to be a good gaming rig, say for example, for around three years. After that, it's still going to be a pretty good machine for your regular use. I mean, like a gaming PC is quite a powerful machine to begin with. So it's not going to get outdated for at least eight years compared to what uh, other low-end laptops will keep buying over those uh, years. So it's a pretty good investment as far as I think. And plus the kind of the quality of games that you get on PC would be a lot better. There'll be new games, there'll be something that's relevant. PS3, well, it did have a share of niggles and plus graphically it's not aged too well. You know, I mean, like I would like to bring in the Xbox here actually because the Xbox 360 games on every multi-platform game, the Xbox games always look much better than PS3. So 
Fortnite. And that's kind of valid even till the last generation. When Battlefield Hardline came out, it looked actually a lot better on the Xbox 360 than on the PS3. PS3 had this one major issue which they never managed to sort out with the Jaggies in, uh, in all their visuals right from the start till the end of the console gen uh, generation. So it is a bit of an eyesore and 720p, man. <laughs> I yeah, let me just let me uh, just cut in over here. Yeah. Um, Xbox 360 4GB is right now available for twelve thousand. Yeah. Uh, even though the console has been discontinued, yeah. is this a good deal? Should people be buying this? Honestly, no, because you need more storage. 4GB is not enough. Uh, and secondly, I mean, to be honest, if I mean, if you go with either console, be it the PS3 or the Xbox 360, you need more storage space. Simply, that, that that's one thing. And secondly, at least on on. And more so on the Xbox 360 because they've discontinued games physically. Your only option is digital. So, yeah, unless you're buying it for other methods, then God save your soul. Yeah, digital is actually not too bad. And actually, on retail, if you buy an Xbox 360 game, it actually turns out to be, I'm saying actually way too much, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, it turns out to be cheaper than a PS3 game, True. a multi platform game. So, that makes a difference. And, uh, also, with Games for Gold, I think you're still getting some Xbox uh, 360 games every month yep. if you go for that subscription. And those are pretty good games right now because that platform is again discontinued. Yeah. So that makes it relevant again. And the biggest selling factor for the Xbox 360, its controller. Its controller was way better than the PS3 oh, controller. No, <laughs> no, no. Are you serious? No. <laughs> Have you seen the directional pad on that controller? Yeah, but when it's do you use very it? very bad. You never use it, except for fighting games, where I completely go. agree. If you're going to be a fighting game fan, then yeah, PS3 definitely has an advantage. But for first-person shooters, the trigger makes a world of a ah. difference. For racing game, the trigger makes a world of a difference. It's it's a much better controller. Come ah. on, man. <laughs> you cannot argue that. I don't know. I mean, I'll agree the triggers are better. But yeah. the buttons are also painful. They're candy shell hard buttons. They're not pressure sensitive like on the PS3. And therefore, you're, you're, you're pressing down a lot harder. It might not make a difference for some games, but yeah. when you're playing something like, let's say, Bayonetta or Vanquish, which has a lot of sequences that have you pressing down on buttons, it makes a tremendous difference. It's a long story short, a lot of games end up being easier to play for the user with less stress on your fingers on the PS3 than they are on the Xbox 360. Well, sure. Okay, if you're going to getting into button mashing kind of games, yeah, yeah, maybe you have an advantage there. But again, if you have an Xbox 360, you have Gears of War, you have Halo, you have such a good variety of games to play with. There are very few exclusives compared to the PlayStation. I know that, but still, those exclusives are really, really good. Yeah, but then again, with the Xbox, we 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 have backward compatibility. Right? Yes, on the Xbox One. So I mean, just like, get the Xbox One. If and you're play talking about games. someone buying a PS3 right now, I mean, that person's not gonna shell out money for an Xbox One. And come on, man, you have to buy a PS4 over that. Let's just digress for a bit. And yeah. can you just briefly explain how the process works for buying Xbox 360 games on the Xbox One? What's the price like? So, uh, from what I've seen, the pricing usually is around, I think. Roughly in the range of 700 to 1000 bucks, depending on the game. Uh, before the latest update to the Xbox One, uh, sorry, before the latest store update, uh, you could only buy uh, Xbox 360 games uh, digitally via xbox.com on your PC. Or, and uh, that would be added to your account and you could download it on your Xbox One. That was one way. Now you can just switch on your Xbox One, search for the game you want and download it for the it's an Xbox 360 game, yes, you'll find it, you can download it. That's great, actually. The so, initial investment might be a little higher. That's about 30,000 if you buy it at the right time. 
but yeah. then you get to play both Xbox One games and Xbox 360 but games. There's also a catch, right? Because even if you're upgrading from the 360 to the Xbox One, even if you have the game on disc, you still need to put the disc into your Xbox One. Then the Xbox One will find a, uh, we will download a copy of that game that's playable on your Xbox One. So your disc essentially is just proof of ownership. Okay. And that becomes another hassle in itself. Your essentially your bandwidth costs essentially go up. Yeah. So. And yeah, finding a disc right now may not be very easy. Exactly. Given that the console is discontinued. Exactly. All right. Speaking of prices for games, yeah. PS3 games are also quite cheap. I believe Call of Duty Ghosts is the cheapest game that I've found. That's about 350 rupees if you know when to look. Yeah. Hmm. Similarly, most of last generation's best games, um, such as an Uncharted yeah. or a God of War, yeah. uh, all of these are in the range of 800 to 1000 rupees. So that makes it splendid value for money. Yeah. Sure. I mean, like on paper, all these games are there, but there are better versions of those games available right now in this console generation. If you go to a friend's house, you see your Uncharted 2, the same game that you're playing, being played with some, which with much better visuals, much better controls, and improved gameplay here and there. I, you're you're really gonna feel bad about what you're playing on your machine at the end of it. Um, I disagree because here's why. At the end of the day, if you're buying a PlayStation 3 to play games that are on other platforms, you're doing it wrong. I mean, you don't you, you don't buy a PlayStation 3. But Uncharted is on another PlayStation platform. Fine, Uncharted aside, if you look at look, look at the whole list of exclusives over the years, it started off with Resistance, You had yeah. uh, then you had Killzone 2, you ended up having Killzone 3 much later, you had Infamous and Infamous 2, you had a, you, you had a wealth of, and the Ratchet and Clank series, there are I think uh, Future Tools of Destruction, Quest for Booty, Clank hey, and Time. forgetting Infamous. I said Infamous and Infamous 2. Yeah. yeah, so you have so many good games, so many great exclusives there and they're ridiculously cheap. Now, until Sony decides to bring these to the PS4 in terms of a, in one form or another, we've seen it happen with remasters. There have a few games like yes, Uncharted and The Last of Us that have come in, but by and large, the good stuff, the which is probably going to be lost for all eternity, in from a historical standpoint, you can only play it on the PS3 right now. So yeah, I mean, there are so many good exclusives and they're ridiculously cheap. So you know, you, I mean, yeah, fine, they, it might not look that great. But it's still good enough. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm going to disagree a bit with Gagan over here. Like, I mean, games are not just about visuals. Like, exactly. an entire amazing gameplay experience is there in the previous generation as well. And if that's not coming to the new version, then, you know, it's not sure, a bad not idea. Just, but not just about the visual part of it. Even the controller hmm. uh, is actually a big problem for me. Because I found the PlayStation 3 controller even a little small. I mean, I probably have gigantic hands. But, <laughs> <laughs> but the Xbox controller was a lot more comfortable for me at that time. And even the PS4 controller has improved so much that if I hold my PS3 controller again, it just doesn't feel comfortable enough. It's, it's a little cramped because it's a little too small for my hands. Then the trigger buttons, they slope downwards instead mm -hmm. of actually like sloping upwards like a trigger. Yeah. So that's very uncomfortable for racing games if you're a racing game fan and FPS fan. So that all that kind of just adds up for me. Yeah, I'm totally with you on the trigger button. I definitely prefer the one on the Xbox controller. Yeah, I mean, I'll agree that yes, the trigger isn't the greatest. But then, yeah. hey man, you're paying, your, your entry barrier is reduced by almost half. And that doesn't count how much more you're going to be saving on games. So I mean, if so, if you haven't got a console or if you if or you're just coming back into gaming and don't want to spend so much, it's your best entry point at this point in time. Yeah, but we it, we wouldn't be having this whole discussion if Sony had just introduced backward compatibility on the PS4. 
Oh. See, but Sony is giving you something really good on the PS3, and that's free multiplayer, mm. yes. which is valid even today. PS4 yes. we still have to pay for the PS Plus for multiplayer gaming, but yeah. you can still play your FIFA and PES with your friends online for free. So how does it work exactly? Like, can you play with uh, people from other platforms? Like, um, no. if if I'm on no, PS3, no. can I play with a PS4 person? Not at all. No. You have to play with the same platform person. Yeah, okay. So basically, I find somebody who's on PS3 around me and then ask them to log I'm in. I'm sure you will. Be, there are a lot of people in India, there are a lot of people in Brazil. <laughs> 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 Among a few countries. So yeah, I mean, like, I'm sure there are a lot of people playing at least FIFA and PES. You should not have a problem with that. Yeah, speaking of FIFA and PES, so these are two new games that are available for PS3. FIFA 16 and PES 16. But what are people missing? Like, are these uh, bad ports of previous generations of the same game or what? Um, well, it's actually a very good question. So, the thing is with these two games, because they're so mainstream and so popular, the game makers, the companies behind them, uh, try ensuring that they uh, cater to the lowest common denominator. In this case, it will be the PS3 and Xbox 360 versions. So, they won't look that great versus the PS4 and Xbox One versions are all. But the features are almost the same. You'll, you'll still get your multiplayer, you'll still get your ultimate team, your my club. All the modes will be the same. They just won't look that great. And however, it's not just a question of looking great. The other thing also, uh, which if you ask me is as important as good triggers, as Gagan pointed out, is the fact that a lot of these games also, when you boot them up, you'll find that their menus are a lot slower. You'll find that, that it, it's the small things, like the way that your user interface takes a, just a fraction longer to pop up or a few seconds before you can actually play after updating the game. So, it, because of, yes, older architecture, older hardware, these things do tend to pop in. Even the PlayStation Store, it's yes. a pain to load it on the PS3, man. It is so hard to get into. Yeah, once you've gone to a faster platform, then it, there's no going back. It's, it's yeah. not instantaneous at all. I've been playing Mass Effect 3 and I've been suffering, really. Because, you know, Mass Effect 3 is the kind of game where you're really involved with the story. So what happens is once you've you know made a made an important decision, you really want to go to the next phase quickly. And then you know the moment you're moving in and out of the ship, and then when you completed a mission and you're going back to the ship, it's it's just a pain to you know keep waiting for that loading bar to go away. Exactly. And, and that game was launched pretty much at the peak of the console's life cycle. So yeah. So th that is yeah th that is definitely a compromise that people will just have to live with. There's no way around it if you're getting a PS3. I mean yeah, and if you compare it to what's going on on the PlayStation 4 right now, you have games like Uncharted 4, which are eerily realistic, like so close to nuking the entire concept of the uncanny valley. And with these games, it's just a single loading screen every time you boot up. Yeah. It's only one loading screen in the entire in your entire play session. So yeah, I mean, that's what you're missing out on in terms of the, the smaller little things. To me, it's quite similar to the experience of someone going from, let's say, you know, a low-end budget Android phone to something super flagship. So it's that you miss out on the little things. Can we get back to the PC gaming part of it? Because that that is my <laughs> pet subject. Yeah. Okay, so the thing is, I mean, besides the hardware cost of things, games are so ridiculously cheap on Steam. If you're going to be buying uh, them digitally, if you don't have a problem with the bandwidth, then it it's like the best place to be. A PC gamer gets all his games for under for under a grand actually for during any Steam sale. Like they literally just throw out all these like games that are just like one season old or a couple of seasons old at 
ridiculously uh, cheap rates. So yeah, I'm, I'm just going to really like, uh, yeah, I, I really wanted to talk about like my personal love for indie games. I, I am like I, our listeners may not know, but then I play more indie games than I do uh, than I pick up you know big titles. So something like a Super Meat Boy or a V V V V V V. It's it's you know, really really close to my heart. So if I'm getting a console. In, and even an old console like like the PS3, I'm totally missing out on that. Whereas PC gets these titles left, right, and center. You know, even the new consoles don't get as many indie titles as as the PC gets. But they're catching up. The new consoles are really catching up when it comes to the indie scene because there is no middle tier games anymore. They're just like high end games or indie games. So yeah, but so many of these games I've been looking at Steam sales. They're available for something like fifty rupees, seventy yeah. rupees, hundred yeah. rupees. Yeah, you'll never get that because there's obviously a whole margin involved in yeah. consoles. It, there's also a bit of a catch there. It's uh, also because it, if you go a step further and check, uh, you'll notice a lot of these games are region locked for India. So there also is a possibility that uh, fine, you might buy it here, but if you're playing it outside, they may not work properly. So that is one something that's also built in in a lot of times. There is region locking into effect on. on but that doesn't speed. make a difference to us, right? I mean, right? I mean, it it the it's just a little unnerving that publishers have that much power that at a flip of a switch. They can basically remove you from your content. If we would be so, actually, uh, if everyone would be buying games at the prices that we buy them at, as, uh, this is for yeah. PC gaming. Yeah. Then it would be really, really cheap for everyone in the world. Right now, even a sixty-dollar game in the US on PC will cost a lot less for us, unless it's yeah. EA. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, there are exceptions, but by and large, yes, that's true. But at the same time, your other problem yeah, with with Steam being Steam is. Uh, Essentially, like it's very tough to tell. Fine, with with a lot of indie titles, you, you're you're okay with the entry barrier. You don't mind. There isn't too much of a problem. But if you look at some of the bigger games, like let's say Hitman. Hitman, the entire game was available for 9.99, which is great value for money. Except no one has an idea of how it performs till you actually buy the game. Now, thankfully, Steam has a very robust refund system. So I bought Hitman on on Steam. I ended up refunding it in half an hour because the performance was that poor and that too on a good machine. So it, it, while yes, the pricing is good, but from a user point of view, you'll have to do a lot more research. You have to make sure that okay, the game will work when you want it to work. And you'll have to make sure the performance is where it should be. So it's it it requires a lot more uh, legwork, which is why again you rather go with a console, or in this case maybe even a PS3. Fine, you're paying a little more, but at least you also have that resale value. So yeah. fine, you might pick up let's say the Last of Us for probably a thousand bucks, but at least you can sell it for three hundred, four hundred bucks later, man. Yeah, the whole resale ecosystem is also very interesting. But before we get to that, I just wanted to bring us very, very small point into this. Uh, if you have a potato for a PC, as uh, Rishi will very happily tell you, he's even written an article on this. There are a lot of games that you can play, like really good games that you can yeah. play even on an old PC. So exactly. the people who are going to be buying this PS3 right now is very likely that they already have a computer at home that's not very good, and these people will still continue to get new games on the PC because you know there are so many developers who are designing for low-end hardware. Whereas for the PS3, there is nothing. And that's the thing about PC. Actually, you can still keep buying games that are around 10 years old, 15 years old on it because they're already on sale on Steam, and they're not going out of that anytime soon. So that makes a huge difference. You have a huge library of games from day one. And PS3, of course, has yeah. a huge library of games because of its whole life cycle, but it's nowhere compared to what's available on PC. Agreed, and uh, and the best part is you're just assuming only Steam. When you take something like good old games, GOG, into oh, the yeah. equation. 
then it's expanded. You're not looking at 20, you're probably looking at the 30 years worth of library of games you can actually look and play. And all the indie titles are parity in terms of, no, like the good thing with GOG is it's DRM free. So yeah. you have more control over your content, which is great. So, I mean, yeah, your options are there. It's just that the other thing is, I, I don't know, man, like, because again, if you have a potato for a PC and if you want to play something that looks good, you're going to have a problem. You rather than just not even bother and just play it on the console. It's yeah, just a question of what's easier to use. Budget PC, if you're talking about a budget gamer, then you have to take a cut in visuals one way or the other. I mean, with the PS3 also, you're going to be taking a cut in visuals. Maybe not as much as a potato PC. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. But yeah, I mean, it is a cut in visuals for sure. But yeah, with PC, you're going to get a much larger library of games. With GOG, you can even keep your installed fi uh, files downloaded to your machine like you used to in the good old days. Yep. And uh, like just use them as and when you want yep, it. Yep. But, you know, all those things kind of make a big difference. And PC is a very flexible platform that way. You can connect your PS3 controller to your PC and play games through that. You can use the Xbox controller if you like. Yeah. You can use whatever you want. So it just becomes so much more flexible that way. Yeah, that brings us to the use game and use console ecosystem. So, if I'm not mistaken, you can get a new PS4, I mean a used PS4, uh, for about 15 to 18,000 depending on where you yes. look and who's selling. Yes. And you can get used games for how much? Uh, on, on which platform? PS4. Yeah, you can get used games for as low as a thousand bucks. Thousand bucks, yeah. So, uh, similarly, like I'm pretty sure Xbox One is also like, yes. it's, yeah, MRP is 30,000 at times, you know, if, if you're getting it on sale. Yeah. So, a used console will be much less, I'm guessing around 20. Yeah. Um, similarly, for games, the pricing would be roughly the same if you're getting used discs. So, is it worth it going for that instead of getting a PS3? Brand uh, new? No, not at all, uh, for two simple reasons. One, uh, there, Warrant, hardware warranties do not usually cover secondhand ownership. With Xbox, there is a bit of a loophole there, wherein if I am selling one, I have to call Microsoft support telling that, hey, you know what, this is the serial number of my console, I'm transferring ownership to someone. And depending on the customer rep, it could work. This was possible during the Xbox 360 era, now it depends. Second thing is, your, your other problem in, in this is that, uh, it's very tough to do a thorough check of a console before buying it because given the nature of how stuff goes wrong on them, it could either be something that could pop up the moment you boot up the machine or it could pop up three, four days later. You don't know when, the, when any issue, if at all, if, if, a, if a seller is hiding any problems or any defects, exactly. it, you don't know when it's going to pop up. And it's also PS4 is in its first generation of hardware, so that is always dicey when you're buying secondhand. Yeah. Maybe with the Neo. Yeah, exactly. Plus, you have the Neo coming out, so, you know, I don't know, the thing is, more importantly with, as Gagan said, you're still in your first, whatever's available, use this first generation hardware. And the first generation hardware is known to have defects. So, there are issues with Blu-ray drives dying, there are issues with uh, the GPU overheating, there are issues with it being super loud, like louder than a jet engine, according to some people. So, you have all these issues that pop up, you don't want to end up stuck with something that doesn't work as it should. On the Xbox, it's a little less. Uh, for two reasons. One, because of, yes, lower install base, so less reported issues. And secondly is, uh, your issue, issues, if any, have usually been restricted to the uh, Blu-ray to, to the Blu -ray drive dying for, for most accounts. But I still wouldn't recommend it because even if you have a nice, nicely listed, a nice, nice set of, a, a nice checklist of things you should be looking at when you buy a used console, it's never going to be foolproof enough because you don't know when something's going to pop. It's, 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 it's simply a situation of buyer beware. So. 
So that brings me to something I've been waiting to talk about for the entire duration of the show. Um, assuming somebody you know goes and gets the PSC, whether they listen to this episode or not, sure. they buy a new PSC, they find it on sale, or somebody like me who gets it for free from a friend. Huh. Um, then what are the games that they should be looking at? All oh, the PSC. <laughs> so many. Do you want me to start chronologically or alphabetically <laughs> order? <laughs> okay. The top five games that they should buy: Gagan and Rishi both. First, uh, Gagan, please. Yeah. Okay. Sure. God of War three. <laughs> I mean, you can get the whole God of War anthology on it. But yeah, I should tell the listeners three. that uh, God of War 1 and 2 are available for 800 rupees, whereas 3 is another 700. So that's really not much of an investment for three great games. Yeah, but the thing is that the 3 looks so good on a mm. PS3. It's one of the best looking games on the PS3 till date. So that is my first recommendation. I'm a fighting game fan, so I'll also recommend Mortal Kombat. But I mean, a lot of people will disagree and maybe it's up to your taste. But yeah, that's definitely on my list. Killzone series in general was well i liked it but not everyone did so well take that with a pinch of salt but infamous series yes hands down go for infamous one go for infamous two they both are really really good get even the infamous add-on uh, the what was the dlc called? uh i think this is a vampire dlc yeah i think festival of blood I festival, of blood. Yeah, festival of yes. blood yes so get that as well then uh, well, if I move out of the exclusives, then you can definitely go for the Far Cry series. When there's just so much more. I mean, I, I don't even want to leave Rishi with anything if I just go through this. <laughs> I haven't even gotten to the Uncharted yet. Well, but you had your top five, so Rishi. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, see, again, I'm the sort of guy who, who, who kind of likes everything. But if I think about it, I mean, Infamous 2 should be on the top of that list. Uh, it's a superhero origins game. It's, it's a game basically where you play a superhero and there are, there's a good amount of moral choice. Fine, the ending is a little binary, but it's a very fun game to play. And it's, it keeps, it's one of the few games that, that keeps you hooked from beginning to end. It's got a good open world feel to it. The city of New Marais is really well detailed. And it kind of made me a little sad because when I played Infamous Second Son on the PS4, I felt that, all, that, that, that a lot of details were missing in terms of where you can go, what you can do. So yes, Infamous 2 should be first on that list. Then second one is uh, Resistance Fall of Man, the first game. Uh, Resistance was a launch title for the PlayStation 3. It was a first-person shooter from uh, Insomniac, the same guys who've made Sunset Overdrive and Ratchet and Clank. It's a really fun game because it takes place in an alternate version of World War II where, uh, where we're warring against aliens. And the way combat happens, the way the weapons work, it's a sight to behold. It still looks surprisingly decent to this day. So yes, Resistance Fall of Man, the first game, is there. And if you like that, probably Resistance 3. Then my third choice would be Ratchet and Clank, uh, Future Tools of Destruction, again from Insomniac. It's, it's a game where you play as a Lombax, which is basically a furry anthropomorphic squirrel type <laughs> guy, raccoon slash squirrel type guy. And the, the dialogue is super hilarious. It, it plays like a Pixar movie. It plays really well. So that would be my third choice. But the, and the best thing about Ratchet, Ratchet and Clank, Future Tools of Destruction is that you can make a thousand foot colossal enemy robot dance to disco because you have weapons that let you do cool <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, then the fourth one has to be Killzone 2, because Killzone 2 to me was a gritty set in space human conflict. So it's it, it so usually when games are set in space, you're up against you know aliens and the like, but here you're against you're against a subset of humanity. So it's actually a cool dramatic story and it looks really good. I think at that time I could barely find any jagged edges in that game. So did yeah, you definitely. not like Killzone 3? I liked Killzone 3, but 2 was way better. Yeah, a lot of people did like Killzone 3. I loved it. I enjoyed it so much. So the thing is with 2 was nice for me because the way the weapons handled was different from any other game. 
a lot of games have this very quick lock-on feel to it. In Killzone 2, each weapon had its own specific weight. They felt heavy, they felt different, they felt workmanlike. So yeah, Killzone 2. And the last one on that list uh, is, a, is a title available also on the Xbox 360. It's called Vanquish, which to me was possibly the greatest game of last generation. Uh, it's a fast-paced game where you're playing uh, a scientist who gets his hand on a, suit, on a suit of armor that lets him speed through an entire space colony that's being hijacked by Russian terrorists. And you can slow down time. You can, you can pull off hands of a robot and punch the crap out of a robot with his own hands. It is glorious. It's just crazy, inane fun. So yeah, those five. Yeah, I mean like, five is very little actually. You can also get onto Bayonetta, Devil oh, May yes. Cry. You can do so many more games. I mean, you have a whole library to explore, man. Yeah, basically this is a good starting point for anybody who's just gotten a console. Also yep. Journey. Yeah, Journey. I was going to ask about that. <laughs> no love for Journey. <laughs> Isn't that like an 80s rock band? <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, final thoughts. Rishi, should, you, should anybody buy a PS3 right now? Makes sense. I mean, if you're strapped for cash and you want to get into gaming, uh, yes. I still think it makes a lot of sense at this point in time. There's so much to choose from and it's ridiculously cheap. So it's kind of a safe bet. I mean, worst case situation, you get a probably six to eight months out of it. Best case situation, you hold off buying a new console for maybe a couple of years. Or you use it as a Blu-ray player after it's dead. There we go. Well, I would not recommend PS3 right now for anybody who's an action gamer. If you're into FPSs, then just about every other platform out there is a better option than a PS3 because of the controls, number one, and yeah, even visuals to a point. But if you like fighting games, if you like sports games, if you like well, even racing games to an extent, then it's a really, really good platform. And for racing games, only because it has GD5 on it. So yeah, that makes a big, big difference. <laughs> that wraps up our discussion for the day. Thank you all for listening. And if you have any comments or any, you need any suggestions, you can always reach out to us on Twitter. Or just go to our author profiles and send us an email. And you know, if you have any problems with Gagan's opinions, please do email him. <laughs> Thank <Bye>. you so much. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. See you.